Holy crap. Welcome back to geeking out over Star Wars. Dude, it's been so damn long, and I know that's my fault. My name is Zachary. Um, I am joined by my co-host, as always on this show, Shamari. Jeez, man, I'm so sorry, but what is up? Uh, not much, man. Just more Star Wars, as usual. Um, yeah, it's, it's been it's definitely been a while. Um, we have a lot of catching up to do um, uh, in everything, but particularly Star Wars, <laughs> as as always. So, um, yeah, just a lot has um, a lot has a lot of time has passed. A lot of Star Wars has gone by, and uh, it's it's been a lot of good Star Wars, thankfully. So, so it's very exciting. A lot of Star Wars has gone by. So I, I went to Thailand in August and I was there longer than anticipated. And then since then, my life has been a little bit of a whirlwind. I have met someone. I'm uprooting my life. There's a whole stu- lot, lot of stuff going on. But in those three months since our last episode, which was August 6th, um, a bunch of Star Wars has come out. Um, a bunch. So um, this episode could probably be like hours long just kind of me asking you about your idea your your takes on everything that's come out which is quite a handful of books um some movie news we got andor airing right now which we will actually go a little more in depth with but not a full review that'll come after the series season finale um we got uh the phase phase two of the high republic started um last month and that's also kicked into high gear, and we got a new novel release next week. So we definitely do have a lot of Star Wars coming out. I guess I want to start and get right into it, because in August, there were quite a few book drops that I didn't get to, and I probably won't get into as I try to rejoin Star Wars societies this month. Um, so I just, like, run it, run it down for me, man. Um, I, we, there was, uh, you mentioned before the show, uh, so I guess I'll go in order from what you mentioned, Padawan. Um, the young Obi Wan book. How yes. was that? Boy, Padawan. So, so, so it's it's it, Padawan is weird because this seems this was the book that I was probably maybe the most excited for, like outside of of like the High Republic stuff. And it was, I think, this is definitely the most disappointed I've been. In going through a Star Wars book in a while, and I know that sounds kind of hard. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it very much. We've had so um, many wins, honestly, when it comes to Star Wars of... books in the last few years. I feel like there really haven't been any duds or any disappointments, yeah. honestly. Yeah, this one was very disappointing. It started off pretty good, um, but and I think I sent you a couple messages about it, but but I think it just got lost in the weeds. But like. But it was it this book, like, you know, I'm not going to go deep into spoilers or anything, but, you know, it's very much like Obi-Wan is like clearly in his like kind of young adolescence. And he goes off, he goes off world and meets a meets like a tribe of people. It feels very much it has a lot of like filler story energy where it's just like none of this feels like it's going to matter ever you know and i was like okay you know but is it like a good story and a lot of the characters on the planet just got on my nerves you know they were just 
I'm just like they're not listening to Obi Wan. And look, a lot of them are children, so it's like they're they're kids, right? So kids are good. Kids are gonna be kids. But but the characters got on my nerves. I was like, they're not listening to Obi Wan. He's the only Jedi around, and he's just not listening to him. And Obi Wan is frustrated the whole time because he's like, I want to be a Jedi, but how am I supposed to be a Jedi when I can't even I can't even wrestle these kids that are like using mysterious abilities and things that um you know that I don't understand and all this stuff. It just it did not it didn't hit for me. Um the conflict at the end didn't really hit for me. It was very it was I mean it was okay but it was it was more uh strange than anything else. I think the I think the the best parts about it kind of was was like the beginning. Where it was it was more you saw Obi Wan like interact with other like um, like Padawans and like younglings, I guess the people that grew up like with him in the temple, that was very interesting. Um, but that was that was probably like the most interesting part of the book. It's it's a shame. And and look, honestly, the book re it, it goes through like it's like it was written for a younger audience. That's how it felt a lot of the time. So I mean, that's so take that for what it is. Um, so I'm just judging it just based on that, based on just my perspective of going through it. I wasn't the biggest fan. This is like very low on my list of, and it wasn't because it was like very poorly written or the bad story. The, the author, I think her name is Kirsten. Is it Kirsten White? I believe. Yes. You know, she's, I mean, she did it. I mean, this, it's, it's a continuous story. It flows well, but I just, the characters, I just didn't connect with the characters and um, just the plot, the general plot just didn't interest me. So this is, was definitely released as part of the whole Obi-Wan craze this year, yeah. right? And, yeah. you know, following the show and everyone's feeling high from having Obi-Wan back in our lives and Ewan McGregor back in our lives. Is this an essential piece of Obi-Wan history I need to consume? No, not at all. No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. No. Very, okay. This is very skippable, very skippable material. Ah, all right. It, it's, That's the same. That's, like if you, is, that's one of those if you want to consume every little bit in peace then by all means but you, it's not at all necessary and if you if if i'd say if you're going through it and when you get to the planet it, it, when obi-wan gets to the planet and if you're going through it you'll know what i'm talking about when he gets to the planet you're annoyed at the, at the people that he interacts with on the planet just stop there that's the most that you've already read the most interesting parts in my opinion and you might as well just stop there no. All right, that's a shame. Um, all right, so then the other big novel that released in August, well, Padawan was at the very tail end of July, and just between that, Shadow of the Sith, um, by the time we had finished that, mm. and then was gearing up for, it was, we missed it. So that was the end of July, and I missed that. The one that actually released in August was The Princess and the Scoundrel. Now, yeah. um, this is one I was kind of torn on, and I do, like, out of the two, it was, it would definitely, between Padawan and Princess and the Scoundrel, would be the one I would go back to the most. Okay. But... Or I would, or I have my target and my sights set on in terms of actually going back to get to. Mm-hmm. But I was a little torn on it. One, it feels like what could be a very important piece of history, right? Like those early days, their marriage, seeing all that, yes. But then also hearing that it really very much is a uh, theme park tie-in in the honeymoon aboard the Halcyon Star Cruiser, and yeah. that it could have been a little bit too much of a. A, a cash grab, a corporate kind of connectivity that I wouldn't like. Right. So, how does it shake out? 
So the princess and the scoundrel, and so, so full disclosure, I did not finish this, but oh no, what I got through was fantastic. So I did not finish it for okay. bad reasons. Okay, okay, okay. I retract um, my oh no. I retract my oh no. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, no, I definitely did not not finish this for bad. I do. I a hundred thousand percent plan on going back and finishing, um, because it was very good. It's really, really good. Um, was this? I think that one was by was Beth Revis the one that did this one. Yes. Yeah. Who also did the um, do, 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 what's the Rogue One prequel? Uh, Catalyst. Um. Nope. Oh, no. Nope. That's James Lucino. Oh yeah. Um, James. Um, God, he's so good. Um. No. No. Uh. Uh. It's it's gonna kill me. It's the young Jenner Sobok. She's sixteen. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's oh it's um great. Rebel Rising. That's what it Rebel is. Rebel Rising. I was just I gonna just turn around and stare at Star Wars. Like, all right, you're faster than I am. I could have just turned around and I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> all right. Um yes, okay. So continue. I'm sorry. That one's pretty good. Um but uh but yeah, this is really good. This is really good. And I was actually I felt I kind of felt the opposite, honestly. I wasn't really looking forward to this one as much because I'm like, okay, you know, they're married and maybe they're bickering, and it's like, okay, you know, they're on the house again. But it's really, really good. If you like Han and you like Leia, you'll love this book. That's that's just my. Okay. That's just, and they're not even um, my necessarily my favorite characters, but I love this book. It's it's really, really like just just as a sample. Each chapter is Han, or they just back, go back and forth between Han and Leia's perspective. That's um, okay. It's really, and and they're it's written so well. They're both written so well. Like you're reading this, you're like, this is Han and this is Leia, a hundred thousand percent. And like, and it is a great advertisement for the Halcyon. It's just a luxury liner, and Han is all grumbled and like all this pomp and circumstance, and he doesn't care about it. And Leia's distracted by rebellion stuff, and he's like, well, are we on our honeymoon or not? And it's just funny. It's fun. It's a very fun, like, but also like adventurous story where it's just this is very much like a character story if you like han and you like lay you're definitely gonna enjoy it so i i'm definitely enjoying it this is this is one that i was like just slow very slowly enjoying and it's just really good honestly this is really good so worth it for me to go to to go back to and read absolutely 100%. okay okay i will i will i i i the cover art's gorgeous. It struck my eye when it came out. Yeah. I definitely wanted it. It's got that old school feel to the cover art, which I love. Like it was ripped straight from the eighties, um, but in in like a really loving way, in a in a homage way that I really like. Um, and I'm glad to see that it doesn't make, like take what could have been just corporate cash grab and and connectivity theme park connectivity, and it actually makes it really organic part. Um, so I really do. I really enjoy that. Uh, that's awesome. I want to keep it. I want to keep it on books. All right, I told you this is episode. I guess we're kind of flying by, but I want to keep it on books. Now I want to in a few weeks. I want us to kind of because usually when we have high republic new we, when we have new high republic releases, we've been doing like book reviews breakdowns for each one. Um, now by the time that we'll have finished the new novel coming out next week, that will there will have been three book releases. Quest for Hidden City, Path of Deceit, and Convergence. So I figure we'll actually do maybe a whole first wave of um, Phase 2 wrap-up, and we can kind of talk about everything. So we'll do that then, and I feel like that'll be a good way to tie it up, and then hopefully get back on regular schedule for the rest of the releases. Um, But 
I know you haven't read Quest for Hidden City, which is a George Mann middle grade novel that came out, I want to say, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But you did read Path of Deceit, which is the Justina Ireland, Tessa Grattan, Grattan co-written kickoff to Phase 2, which is, of course, 150 years before Phase 1, even, in the High Republic era. What are your thoughts on Path of Deceit, and should I look forward to finishing this? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um... All the characters, as with uh, and this, is a part that's very similar to all the other High Republic stuff. All the characters are so interesting, um, and um, from the mother, the Herald, um, Kevmo, the new Jedi you meet. It's it's very. They're all so interesting, and you just get completely immersed in their story, which is always the best kind of book. And and it it is uh, mysterious. It is kind of it's like slow moving, but not in a boring way. It's like it's like you could see like things are kind of just happening, and you're just like kind of wanting to see how how it all unfolds. Um, and it's really, really, it's really good. I think this is probably my my favorite like Justina Ireland um, book. Um, yeah, almost, almost definitely. And, um, you know, and I'm kind of new to Tessa Grattan as well, but this is really good. So I definitely, um, would recommend it. I think you'll like it. It's very different from the others, but it's good. The, I, there was no question I was going to finish it. I will not miss a single High Republic release. It's just a matter of, of getting back into the swing of things as I kind of feel like, my life has been a little bit of a whirlwind that I haven't been able to kind of settle into a new rhythm with a new job and then with all the stuff that's happening outside my job. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a matter of settling back in and I finally feel like this week I have, interestingly enough, because I have the flu and it's just given me time, so it's been good. Um, but I, I definitely want to get back into it. I do really look forward to kind of touching on Path of Deceit and how it kicks things off and what it means for for this phase of Star Wars talent, storytelling. Now, have I know two issues of the comic book have also come out. Have you started that, the High Republic comic series? No, I did not, but I probably will, honestly, like right when we finish this. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to. I feel like I'm going to, because that's so easy for me to pick up and I'll be done with an issue in like 10 minutes, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, easy. Yeah. I want to, but I want to do it in release, so I feel like I should read Path of Deceit first, then pick up the two issues and read quest for hidden city, then read convergence and hopefully have all that done by like December 15th. Um, hopefully we'll see. Um, I do, I do look forward to, to seeing how this new era ties together Jedi and everything. Um, I'm very interested in seeing, cause I was thinking about it either earlier. This is a very bold move for them. It's a very George Lucas esque move, right? To go back in time and, yeah. and, and not go in order. Uh, it's a very George Lucas move, but it is a, it's a very, I think it's even riskier because it's not like a few years before where we still have some of the same characters. It's 150 years before. And I was thinking about that recently and I was going to myself, wow, how are they going to create the same kind of traction and love that they had with the first phase? Now that first phase phase is beloved. Uh, like we've talked about it ad nauseum here. Um, geeking out over Star Wars. We just absolutely love the High Republic. It's the best new phase, some of the best Star Wars telling storytelling, period. So how do you recreate that and make sure that we're all still invested? 
Uh, so I'm very, very curious. I'm optimistic because they haven't let us down whatsoever. And what I have read of Pathodicy is good. So I have no, I have no evidence toward the contrary. But I, I definitely am excited to see how it all comes together. Um, so that's the book stuff, really. We have Quest for Hidden City, you haven't read yet. I'm going to read soon. Then we have Convergence, which is the adult, um, the adult novel being released next week. The adult novel that is by Zareta Cordova. Am I correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's that'll be interesting. Um, I'm loving the look of these new covers, by the way. Um, it's it's got a, it's got an old uh, an old school feel to them, and I think yeah. that's just really cool, especially since we're going back in time. Um, all right, that's the book side of things over the past over the past few months. Now I want to go into the movie and TV side of things, and I wanted to make uh, not the bulk right because by the time we get to it, the the rest of the episode will have been on other things. I did want to make our last discussion on something that we've both completed and we can talk about and kind of make a that'll be the headliner for this episode in terms of the title, and that is Tales of the Jedi. Now, which I finally got to watch earlier this week, which I have a lot of thoughts on, and I want your thoughts on. But we'll get to that at the end. In the meantime, I want to start off with a couple of news things and that, and throw out a question to you. So we have, there have been reports that Sean Levy, who directed Free Guy, who directed, uh, who's directing the upcoming Deadpool 3, is in talks to make a Star Wars film, as well as Damon Lindelof, who you know is famous for Lost, who's famous for Leftovers, who's famous for the most recent HBO Watchmen adaptation or continuation sequel, uh, which is a near masterpiece in my opinion. Um, but he's also set to make a Star Wars film. So your thoughts on these two coming in to make Star Wars film, and are we actually ever going to get another Star Wars movie? Oh uh, well, yeah, we have to get another Star Wars movie, um, and. And um, Lindelof, I'm very excited about um, because he just having seen what he did with Watchmen. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. I, I sing this show's praises maybe amazing, like at least every month. It's amazing show. Uh, I'd recommend it to everyone, everyone that I see if I could, <laughs> if that wouldn't be a weird thing to do. Um, but um, but yeah, having seen how he treated that property. I know he's going to treat Star Wars well, um, with the respect that it should have. With but try to try to add to it like he did with Watchmen, and I would love him to just. Of course, it doesn't have to be the exact same thing, obviously. But like, but like, he, I know he's gonna he's gonna take it seriously and treat it with respect, and and he and and I know he's going to bring other voices in to help him. You know. So the, so on the on that note, real quick yeah. before you continue. So I'm looking at the Star Wars news that yep. has a story about um, uh, 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 from the Hollywood Reporter that came out that Damon Lindelof found a director in Shermin Obeid Chinoy um, and then also assembled a writer's room and a secret writer's room, which included a partner from The Leftovers, which The Leftovers is critically acclaimed. I haven't seen it, but the one person I know who has, because it's really went under the ra- radar, said it was absolutely phenomenal. So I definitely want to get to that one day. Uh, Raina McClendon, uh, who is working on the upcoming Willow Disney Plus series, and Andy Greenwald, uh, as well as um, Dave Filoni was also believed to be part of the meetings. And this was a writer's room assembled to flesh out a story. So 
I, let's hope I, I have a lot of faith in Lindelof. I think he is a great storyteller. I think he understands how to construct a story and for it to have serious meaning and for it to be very grounded. Um, so the only the other thing here before we get to the rest of what you're saying, that it is the, there was a detail um, of note that the film will be set after the events of the Rise of Skywalker. That it won't be a story, that it won't serve as a direct continuation of the saga, um, but that's but that characters from the sequel trilogy could appear. What do you think? Um, I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I mean, this it, like it, and look, the sequel trilogy. You know, I, I I feel how I feel about it. I enjoy them just as movies, just as I you know I see any other movies. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely not one of those people that's like, oh, they're not canon or anything like that. They are canon. They are here. They are part of Star Wars and I will enjoy them as Star Wars. Um, and if this is going to be a continuation of that, I'm totally cool with that. And I, I have just, I have a ton of faith in Lindelof, in Filoni, (laughs) and, and in the writer's room, right? The fact that there's multiple ideas, you know, is not... You know, just um, it's not just a couple of people spitballing things and saying, oh, OK, well, I guess we'll just, you know, just make whatever. Like, no, it's there. It's actually one cohesive vision. And. Um, and um, yeah, I just I just think that's I just think it's great. And, and I just I'm, I'm very comforted by the fact that, again, Dave Filoni is kind of he has like a creative he has a, a he's in a position of leadership in which he can kind of guide the ship so that. These, all these stories are connected and, and meaningful in that they know where they where they want the stories to go. So that's how I feel about it. I think that's, what, that's one of the biggest things that, and we'll talk about it when it comes to Andor. I want cohesive storytelling mm-hmm. and, and planning right from the beginning and fleshing out something that can continue past one movie, right? You don't need to tell me you're building a trilogy right now. I don't need that. I don't want that. I want you to focus on one story that can be branched out, that you have ideas for the rest. But I don't want to be know. I don't want to know that you're planning a whole trilogy. If you are, that's great. But don't like pri- make promises you can't keep because we've seen what happens. So, um, I'm really excited for Lindelof. Now we also have Sean Levy, who is confirmed, who has confirmed himself is in, um, is is having discussions. Um, and is set to direct a Star Wars film. Now, this is years down the road, possibly farther down than Lindelof, because Levy is a very busy person. He's directing the upcoming Deadpool 3. He's directing some episodes in the final season of Stranger Things. Um, How are you feeling about Sean Levy coming in for a Star Wars film? Um, So I'm going to be honest, I have not seen Free Guy, though I've heard very good things about it. Um, so I'm not too familiar with his stuff. I mean, I, I see he he did a uh, uh, Night at the Museum movies, which <laughs> which I enjoyed, but I know that was a while ago. Um, he also but... did Real Steel. Did you ever see Real Steel? No, I did not. Yeah, he was a creative force behind that. Real Steel is phenomenal, dude. It's oh, like really? it's such a sleeper. It's such a sleeper movie, man. <laughs> I I would really go. I, if you ever get the chance, or can find it anywhere. It's Hugh Jackman. It's 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 boxing robots. It's just so freaking good. Oh, oh so good. Um, yeah, he um, also did the Adam Project on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that. 
Didn't no, see it. No, I did not. That was pretty fun also. Okay, all right. Continue. Sorry. All right. I'm a, um, I'm a Sean Levy fan, apparently. I didn't know this either. <laughs> but yeah, I, I so I haven't, or maybe I have seen some of his stuff. It Just from looking through his what he's done, he's done, he's been involved in a bunch of different types of things uh, for a very long time. So, um, so I mean, I I'm I'm totally open to to and I and I have uh, no issue with them bringing in new voices, new perspectives, um, and just new just new creatives to come in and just and just try to make something new and something fun. It seems like a lot of the stuff he's done has been fun. I think that's something that I've yes kind of a yeah. trend that I see in, in things that he's done, um, which is very cool. So so I think that I think that's good and. And I, I, I'd say I'm looking forward to that as well. I, I listen. I think we've had so many Star Wars movies. So that's when I posed the question at the start of this: Will we have an? Will we finally get another Star Wars film? It's my pessimistic self taking over. Of course, they're probably going to finally get one off the ground. Mm-hmm. I just think the last few years since Rise of Skywalker, it's been so hard for them to nail down directors. And stories oh, and, and know, follow through. To, apparently, we're still supposed to get that Ryan Johnson trilogy at some yeah, point. I know they say it still works, and I I'm not gonna say. Listen, that's the that's one I would be incredibly excited for. Yeah, incredibly me too. excited for because <laughs> both of us love the Last Jedi. The both of us yeah. love the Last Jedi, and I think this man is one of the best directors working in Hollywood. Looper, Last Jedi, Knives Out, Glass Onion, which I've heard is amazing, and I can't wait to see in a week or two. Uh, it, he's a phenomenal director and last Jedi is fantastic. And I think the most challenging of the sequel movies in something that like actually breathes new life into star Wars films. Um, so I would love that, but is it going to happen? Don't know. And then cat, um, Patty Jenkins, um, movie was put on indefinite, right? Pause indefinitely. Yeah. Um, I forgot which else there was another one that fell through, Benny Off and Weiss Weiss stuff fell through. There's just, they have not been able to lock down any of these creators, these directors. And I don't know if it's the creators. I don't know if it's disagreeing with Vision. I don't know if they're trying to set something up. I feel like they should learn and that it doesn't need to be, uh, it, it doesn't need to be following their vision. I think you need to give I think you need to give directors these creative control over what they're doing and just let them go free a little bit. Like, don't need to constrict them. Sure, if you're trying to put in a specific time period, then it's going to be naturally constricting, right? If we're working with in the confines of, you know, during in between three and four, right? Like we are with Andor, it's a little more constricting. Certain things have to happen. Certain things can't happen. You can't have Jedi randomly in there. Like, it doesn't work. But... And if a creator wants to do that, then it's like, oh, well, this is one shared universe we're using. But if it's after the Rise of Skywalker, if it's thousands of years before the Republic, if it's anything like that, then let them go free and just trust your creators. I don't know what the actual issue is. I really have no clue. That being said, while the film side of things, stuff is still in the air, the TV side of things is thriving like like nobody's business. Jeez. Um, we're, most people will tell you that we're in a golden age of television to begin with, right? The amount of programming right now is insane. Um, up there though, is Andor. And I think Andor is one of the best shows, not just Star Wars shows, 
one of the best shows period this year. Um, Andor has been fantastic. Andor has been. And so this is what, before we get to Tales of the Jedi, which I guess we're going to close off the show with, um, and we'll get a nice deep dive because I'm, I'm really excited to break that one down. I do want to touch on Andor. Andor is, I, I think, some of my favorite Star Wars content ever. Ever. It's so so it, it has had, and, 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 I, and we'll talk more about it, of course, when we do our whole review, but... But it there there I think it has had some of the some of the best some of my Star Wars moments that have definitely cracked my top ten of all time Star Wars moments like Luthen's speech in that one episode. Oh that's my god! Are we talking about the episode where he meets? Uh, listen, spoiler, 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 spoilers. Oh yeah, spoilers at this point, listen, not, we're eleven yeah. weeks. We're eleven weeks into the series. Well, <laughs> I just watched it this week. We're eleven weeks into this season, so spoilers are a lot. I, I don't care, but. Um, we talking about when he meets with the ISB um, yeah. mole and and oh my god and he says what is what has he given and he's given yeah, well, yeah, oh my he god oh my god Skarsgård is is brilliant chef's kiss man brilliant it is um can we talk oh my god Genevieve O'Reilly can we talk about Mon Mothma yes. The the this past week, did you, you? I'm assuming you saw yesterday's episode, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, so when she's sitting there and she has to contemplate, um, you know, letting her daughter meet someone to be betrothed, right, as part of being able to get the funds that she needs to continue yeah. to continue supporting this fledgling rebel rebellion, um, and you could just she's just sitting there and trying not to cry, and mm-hmm. then like Vel Vel walks away. And she's just, oh my god, the emotion in her face. Like, that moment was just so powerful. Yep. So freaking powerful. And how good uh, has Saw been? Oh, so, okay. Saw and the Partisans? Oh so, my god. Now, here's, my, here's what I loved. So one of the big things before Andor started, Tony Gilroy said, who is the one who came on to do the reshoots for Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I was a little annoyed by him back, back during those days when we found out about the reshoots, because it was like, he very much had this, yeah, without us, it would have been horrible. And I didn't really like that. Um, I didn't like that uh, kind of status he was giving himself, that importance he was giving himself. Um, I will say, though, he, uh, the, this show is fantastic. And so I give all props to Tony Gilroy, and I want him to stay in the Star Wars universe forever. But, um... He said at the beginning, he's like, we're not going to throw cameos in just for cameos. We're not going to throw random people in just because you want to see random people. This is not a shock and awe show. And like, oh my God, we're building up to this cameo. No, this is organic storytelling. And if the story, ser- if, if it serves the story, if then we will show the character. What I like is that in other Star Wars shows, in Mandalorian, in Boba Fett, in Obi-Wan, every time we see a character that we know or that we've known from outside and it's considered a cameo, there's always this lead up to it. You could tell the show is hyping it up. You can tell the moment, the music swelling, all of this. Yeah. When they first showed Saw, they just showed him. Luthen just showed up. There wasn't build up to it. There wasn't like, oh my God, who is this mysterious? And every most, if you notice in every Mandalorian Boba Fett, when they're talking about a character or no, they don't say the actual name of the character for quite a while. And it's like this person, this person, and you're left, oh my God, is it this? Is it that? Are we going to see that? It was like, no. He just went and visited Saw. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was just it. But I think that's a, it, it shows a level of commitment to storytelling and filmmaking that we just haven't seen in Star Wars. 
I I'm I'm sorry. For as much as I like Mandalorian, I think this is better than Mandalorian. I think it's I think it's heads above Mandalorian, completely. Wow. I mean, it, it's for me. It is. It's for me. I think that I think. Uh, I, I feel like those are just different. Is those are just very different Star Wars things. So it's hard for me to say, oh, this one is better than that one. Um. I was. I would say, I. Yeah. I, I mean. I, I. It's hard for me to say this is. This is like better. I'm definitely enjoying it just as much, which is a big surprise to me, honestly. Um. But. But. I mean. I think. I feel like I have to see more before I could say it's better. Or maybe I just need to sit on it a little more. I think. Yeah. I think this is the closest. This is. Listen. This is my opinion obviously yeah. so i'm not throwing this out as fact i'm throwing this out as my opinion fully and completely i think this is the closest star wars and even like in terms of the disney plus shows in general star wars marvel it's the closest they've gotten to a premium drama feel uh, that i agree with. i think that. it's the closest they've gotten to a premium drama feel in akin to an hbo series honestly and hbo is the gold standard of yep. premium drama it is I think this is the closest they've gotten. I think there's a cohesiveness to the story. I think we, we talked about one vision from the outset and just just right like going for it and just going for it and knowing exactly what you wanted. We know this is two hours. Uh, not two hours. You know this is two seasons, 12 episodes each, clear timeline, right? We know that it's five years before for the first season and then it's like right and then the second season will lead right into Rogue One. They talked about this. They knew exactly what they're saying. Two seasons, no more, no less. They know exactly, exactly what they're doing. Um, I, 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 I really can't say enough good things about it. I think the score, Nicholas Patel, who also, by the way, scores Succession, uh, one of the best composers who I think working right now. He is phenomenal. The music's fantastic. I think it is the acting across the board is fantastic. I think the writing is fantastic. Um, I think we talk about like cohesive storytelling. The Mandalorian has like five, six directors, right? Five directors per season for eight episodes. So unfortunately, the episodes definitely each have a different feel. Yes. What I like here is this is 12 episodes and it's only three directors, all led by Tony Gilroy, right? There's Toby Haynes, Benjamin Caron, and Susanna White. That's it. And for them, so all these episodes have a very clear feel that just carries right through. So I, I'm loving Andor. I'm I'm absolutely loving Andor, and, and I know we'll talk more about it. Any circus in this show? Oh my god! Oh my goodness! I don't oh watch my like, god! Man, can someone give him another award already? <laughs> oh my I, god! I I I Andy Circus as Kino Loy in in the entire Narkina Five. That whole devil is thing. oh my god! In episode ten. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my god. Oh my god, dude. I I I can't I can't. It's so good. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> it's really good. It's fantastic. Oh, okay. All right. So we can talk until the cows come home about Andor. I want to finish this episode off talking about Tales of the Jedi. So that was the other Star Wars media released over yeah. um there was a was that back in October, I think. Um, end of October, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah it was October. And it's six episodes. Um, each of them around what, fifteen minutes each. Um, they're not they're not full length TV episodes. They're not. Um, they're not shorts either. They're like somewhere in between. 
Um, three are dedicated to Ahsoka, and three are dedicated to young Dooku. Now, uh, the first episode was young Ahsoka as a child, and finding out that she is Force-sensitive. Her village finds out, her family finds out. And the next three are focused on Dooku uh, at three separate stages of his life. Um, all, all prior to, well, all prior to, let's say, Attack of the Clones. And then um, the last two episodes are Ahsoka. So, give me your overall thoughts on Tales of the Jedi. Um, I love Tales of the Jedi. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it, it is just further proof that Dave Filoni should be in charge, and is technically, but that he should have always been in charge <laughs> of the creative direction of Star Wars. Um, and and it's just um you know i don't know we just we need more we need more content like this um i think it's just it, this is also it kind of highlights just what just what you're able to do in animation um and just how great of a medium a storytelling medium animation is um you know i think this these episodes even flies in the face of everyone that just kind of scoffs at the at you know the cartoons people say oh i don't want to watch rebels that's a cartoon or i don't want to watch this one that's a cartoon it's like are you, just, are you sure you know so um so yeah it's i think it's really good and um um you know i just i don't know i want more i just i hope he makes more i i definitely think it is the um i I will say I think it's some of the best animated Star Wars we've gotten. I think it's like if if Filoni took everything, it's not even actually. So the episodes themselves, he's the supervising director. He's not the individual director on the episodes. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. um, I I would love to pull that up in a second because I think it's important that we give proper like due credit to to the episode directors themselves because the episodes were fantastic. Um, I will say I think that. The Dooku stuff was stronger than the Ahsoka stuff. Um, well, I, so so I have a couple of thoughts. So first, Ooh, I yes, Give first I agree with that. Oh, okay. um, oh I was expecting. I feel like <laughs> one of these days we're actually going to completely disagree. Like one of these days. So I so I agree with that. I and and I'm I wouldn't even say bias. I just I am a fan of Dooku stories in general. I love Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, I feel like these these stories are great a great kind of companion to to that story um and um and even um other everything else that he's appeared in you know and whether it be comics and not other novels he's appeared in he's briefly in in uh padawan for like a moment um and it was cool seeing him there you know so like it so it's just dooku stories Ever since reading Dooku Jedi Lost, I was like, no, this is this is like an untapped like well of storytelling that that and shout out to Kevin Scott, he did an amazing job uh with that story. And and it may have even kind of sparked some of this interest in Dooku. But but you know, it is I don't know, I just I thought those stories were really, really strong. Um and I and I like the Ahsoka stuff as well. Um, what did you? I, I I want your thoughts. What did you think of the last episode and its relation with the Ahsoka novel? Uh, yeah, I knew this question was going to come up. 
Like, I knew the question, okay. <laughs> question was going to come up. So, but can I, can I, can I say something about the Ahsoka episodes before we get there? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I feel like while the first episode was good in terms of showing us where she came from, I feel like it just didn't dive as deep into her village or the culture as much as I wanted it to. There's a little bit of a hint to it. And I guess you can't do much with just 15 minutes. Um, and then the second Ahsoka episode, which is really good. It's really cool to see the dynamic with Anakin again. Um, it's really cool to see how much she trained. And you, you see why she's so amazing, right? And you see why yeah. she's so powerful. But it still felt like it didn't feel like anything we hadn't seen before. You know what I'm saying? It just it further reinforced rather than actually like introduce something different. I did I did like how it connected to the to season seven. Yes, I did really oh, like yeah. that also. When it that final season, um that yes, that final that final uh that final part because it, it shows yeah. I like I like how I do like how it transitioned. Like, it transitioned like, from when she was early Clone Wars to yeah. late Clone Wars to season seven Clone Wars. And uh, in her blue suit, and she has to face down all the stormtroopers. I mean, all the yep. um, all the clones with Rex, like pretending to hold her hostage. And it's it's, oh, it's it's. Like, and I was he, watching that the whole time, I'm like, this is just like that scene in season seven of Clone Wars, and she's like deflecting all those blasters. And mm -hmm. then next to that scene, and I'm like, oh, you know that he was thinking about oh, this when he was making season seven too. <laughs> you knew yes. he was thinking about it. Oh, for you sure, know he was thinking about it. Now, that last episode in terms of how it connects to Ahsoka, I will be 100% honest with you. Yep. I don't remember the Ahsoka novel very well. Okay, sure. I don't remember the Ahsoka novel very well, but I also knew that it, it, it was going to contradict it in some way or another. Mm -hmm. It was going to contradict it in some way or another because, unfortunately, books will always take a backseat to television. And movies. So whatever is said in television and movies is the go. Like when we, but the same thing happened with Kanan in the last Padawan. Yeah, and I still, I still don't like that either. <laughs> yeah, I don't, lo don't love it either. I, unfortunately, this is how it goes. It's kind of a, sh I, I don't like how authors get the short, authors and artists get the short end of the stick here. Um, and their stuff kind of gets overwritten. Doesn't lessen the importance of their stuff necessarily in our minds, but in the grander scheme of things, it does lessen the importance of what they've, what they've created. I don't love that. But we all know that animation gets eyes, TV gets eyes, uh, books don't get nearly as many eyes. So it's, it's, it was going to happen. Um, I, I thought the, I thought the, what I didn't love about the last episode is that it feels too much like a heel turn. It feels like while the Ahsoka novel takes her from someone who's done with the Order and gives this whole entire story, right? A massive story, not just one moment. It gives us a big story as to why she has to go back into action, what spurs her, right? Mm -hmm. This episode, it happened one incident, and then she was like, okay, I'll help you, Bail. And that was it. That was it. It was, it was, she's, I can't do this. Don't tell anyone I'm this, blah, blah, blah. And then the village is burned. The Inquisitor comes, she fights the Inquisitor, and then Bale says, I'm find you, and he says, are you ready? And she, then she's all ready to help out his fulcrum, I guess. And mm -hmm. it just felt like it was too quick. I got what they were doing in terms of people, in terms of animation fans and Star Wars fans who are only watching, it makes sense. Right. They got right to the heart, like, this is the moment she went from, I'm done with the Jedi, and I'm leaving, 
and not just at season five, at the end of season seven, after everything happened, and then becoming Fulcrum in that we learn about in Rebels. I get what they were doing. I just thought it was way too quick for me to like fully invest in it. Yeah, the last... Uh, I mean, I... I'm kind of wondering how, in, when I was watching it, I was kind of like, huh, yeah, this is like really like, it's kind of hitting a lot of the beats of the book. Because I cause I don't like totally remember the book because it, it came out so long ago. But I do kind of remember like a lot of the general story beats and I, I felt like there were a lot of them were being hit in that episode. Particularly when the Inquisitor showed up and she beat the Inquisitor without you know, a lightsaber or anything, I'm like, "This is this is exactly what happened <laughs> in in the book." And I'm just like, "Boy, I hope E.K. Johnston gets some kind of credit." And I didn't see her get any kind of credit. In, that's, in it's been it, that's been a um, a, a common point with a lot of um, a lot of things. People not getting credit. I'm just saying. Not getting credit. I know. Uh, didn't Chuck Wendig have an issue with that? With oh, uh, yep. Yeah, he had a problem with that as well, and I don't blame him. I don't play many of them. I don't play many of them. It's like, I mean, come on. Like, this is not... And truthfully, the stuff, the royalties that they're getting off these Star Wars books is close to nothing. It's not a lot. It's really, it's not, it's not even close to enough. No, it's not. Not even close to enough. Not even, not at all. Um, so it's, so I, I, I just hate to see things like that. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of like hoping that like, I don't know, maybe when she was writing the book, she like talked to Dave or they were working together in some way or something. I don't know. But, but it just, it it just left kind of left a sour taste in my mouth to see something Mm -hmm. like this and have a feeling like this feels plagiarized, (laughs) you know, a little bit. So I didn't like that. Um, so when I was watching that episode, I was like, that was really cool to see, but I feel like I read that before and it's like, it's weird. Um, that, that, especially when the person just wasn't given the credit, it's like, oh boy. All right. So, um, so yeah, that, that kind of felt weird to me, but I agree. It it was very abrupt in, it just making, making that story into like a 15 minute thing. And it's like, it just feels very sudden. Very Uh, sudden. And it has the same, the general, the general idea is the same. Yeah, it is. The general idea of going from inaction, figures out who she is and who she can't, she can't run from who she is and what she is, and then is spurred into action, right? The general idea is the same, but it's like in Ahsoka, uh, E.K. Johnston, like you get this full fleshed out story and it's so, it's so hard hitting and it's beautifully, beautifully done. And then here it's just a 15 minute heel turn and it just it, i understand why they did it because we may not get the opportunity in animation to see that again to see that entire story and they wouldn't have that opportunity to get a budget for it get that release we're having the ahsoka show come out you know you're not going to get that you're not going to get that opportunity i just uh it was the we honestly it was the weakest of all the episodes for me wow okay yeah it was the weakest and you know you would think it, it had one of the coolest moments too it had one of the coolest moments in the, um, you know, the Inquisitor was, I, I can't even know if it like actually fits into the current Inquisitors that we have lined up. I don't know. I don't know this one. He was cool as heck. He was yep. super cool. The mask was sick. The voice was sick. The way he used his lightsaber was sick. I mean, he was dispatched in three seconds because Ahsoka's Ahsoka. But like his his presence, he was ominous as heck. Like I, I liked him. Um, and he's someone I would have liked to see more of. 
um, in anything Star Wars. All right, because I'm all I'm always down for just a villain that's a villain. All right, just a villain that's a villain mm-hmm. that's just super cool and is wrecking stuff up. Um, so yeah, I it, overall I thought the Ahsoka stuff was weaker. I thought the Ahsoka stuff was weaker. The Dooku stuff I thought was incredibly. Um, I thought it was thought provoking. I thought it gave us the insight that we never, we never, we never got in Clone Wars. We never got like we get, we got hints as as book readers with Dooku Jedi lost. Um, we we got insights into that and into Dooku where he comes from. Um, but we we so many people don't get insights into what actually led, what actually happened, and everything. And then what happened like right after Phantom Menace. After Qui Gon died, um, so that first episode of Dooku, uh, I I loved. I loved when he had his moment that he goes a little dark side. He chokes out the senator, and he said, "You know, I love how the senator goes. You know, you serve the senate, and it's this. It's uh, I had chills, man. When he goes, no, we serve the people of the Republic, yeah. and you can tell that he's questioning the ideals of the Jedi. That he's questioning yeah. the way things are done. He's questioning a lot of things, and he's still he's still a good person." And in in his mind, he's really trying to do the right thing, which is all the best villains, right? Like, they're heroes in their own mind, and he's trying to do the best thing. So, chills, that first episode. That second episode, I don't think was good as the first or, or third, but still very good. Seeing him clash with Mace Windu, seeing him clash with that ideology, with the council and all of that. And then the third episode, where Qui-Gon returns... We it skips a little bit. So at first, it's partway through Phantom Menace. Qui Gon returns and about a Sith Lord, and we know Count Dooku's in it at this point. In on it, um, we see Count Dooku um, delete the stuff. So like a lot of little things that we hadn't gotten to see, we saw him delete the Camino, um, the map of Camino, and out of the Jedi archives, which I thought was a really cool touch. Um, we saw him talking to Qui Gon with Liam Neeson back in the voice. Yes, which was sick. Uh, I that was so happy to hear that. Um, we see. I love that we got to see Yaddle. Uh, I, yeah, I very, that was just really nice. It was just really really nice, and it was nice to see the kind of camaraderie that they had formed. And she um, didn't do the, the Yoda talking backwards kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. I just. I. I. I would have been. Listen. Yoda. Just Yoda is okay. Like just Yoda. Yoda, and that's it. But it's not something I'd want to see happening with the entire species. No. Um. That was cool. And then to see the ending, right? Like talking to Palpatine and fighting with Yaddle at the end there. I I thought it was just this beautiful arc in these three episodes. It was like a gorgeous arc. And you see his entire trajectory in those three episodes. And I was it was wonderfully done. I did want to shout out to the, the three directors for the series, which is Saul Ruiz, Charles Murray, and Nathaniel Villanueva. Uh, just wanted to say like, because while Filoni was the supervising director and written and created the show, these three, these individual episodes are just absolutely masterfully done. And I think they're some of the best, like, cinematic feeling of all the Clone Wars episodes, of all the animated Star Wars. They they feel cinematic. So I just wanted to make sure we, like, gave a proper shout out. Absolutely. No, yes, absolutely. Shout out to them. They did a fantastic job. And I just, I love that the Dooku stories, they feel like such a great, like... Just and of course we're I guess we're we're fortunate in that we we kind of read all this stuff so we get like a very wide perspective is like I love that in the in the book there's a lot of focus on his family right his sister his his him being a royal 
that wasn't really gone into at all in these episodes, which is fine. I actually enjoy that, right? Because we got to focus more on his Jedi, him being a Jedi. But in the book, you kind of see that dynamic and how he was really kind of hung up on that, how he's kept that connection, even though the Jedi were like, we don't want you to have that connection. <laughs> You're not supposed to have that connection. Um, but this kind of gave you a lot more insight into him as a Jedi and how his disillusionment with the Jedi and how that progressed as well. And, and I mean, I'm right there with you. I was, my mind was being blown in that third episode. He just shows up, deletes Camino, and you're like, okay, check that box. So that's how that happened. Um, you know, he, he does, didn't he? Um, um, and then he, did he put something with like Saifu Diaz? Did he, he, I, did I he think they mentioned, they mentioned Saifu Diaz. Um, I can't remember what, how he, I forgot exactly what it was, but yeah, Saifu Diaz was mentioned. Diaz like yeah. Something yes. In, yeah. Yeah. To like delete. Camino is like, oh my goodness, this is like, oh yes. my God. And, and so it's all that stuff that we like we we knew about and you can intimate but it wasn't said right and then yeah. to actually see it happen and then he goes back out what's up he tells Jocasta what's all the hopla and Qui-Gon Jinn saw a uh, a Sith Lord reports of a Sith Lord on Tatooine and you're like oh my goodness we're right in yep. the middle of episode one and yep. it's just that's when it can be really cool so we talk about like it's one big universe right and tying things together and that's a really cool moment because we get to get that's the one cool thing about a shared universe is that you get to go back and forth in these moments and be like oh my god this is when oh my god that is so that was one of those cool moments that this whole episode was that cool moment and then to see the way he was grieving qui-gon that you know hit him hard but like oh man no oh, i want more tales of the jedi and i want them to do this for a few characters I oh you know what that's a great thought that's a great uh, well let's let's end it that way because I I don't even have an answer to this I wasn't planning on asking this we get a second season of Tales of the Jedi it's not Ahsoka it's not Count it's not Dooku give me two characters you think the next season of Tales of the Jedi should focus on and we should get some more info on uh, Mace Windu is one um, right. and ah uh, she's who's the other. Um, how about, um, well, I can't say Kanan because he mm. was kind of young. Got a whole show. No, 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 yeah. no, no, Kanan. Yeah, Get yeah, out of here. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, I stumped you there, right? It's an interesting yeah, question. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I guess, I don't know, uh, um, uh, you know, Kid Fisto, I suppose. We don't know anything about Kid Fisto. Uh, he was in some Clone Wars episodes, but. But I mean, he was not, also in the here. original Clone Wars episodes, wasn't he? And there was a section on him on the original, the 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 original short animated short Clone Wars. Yeah, there no, was. There yeah. was, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I was turning on the question, I'd probably say definitely Mace Windu. I think, um, I think Mace Windu would be fantastic because all we get is the stoicness and this. Uh, yeah. Um, Even what this... we got in that in that second episode in that yeah. Dooku episode was like enlightening. <laughs> Wow. Stoic and adherence to the order and the yep. rules specifically. So I'd love to see where that came from. So I would definitely say Mace Windu. Ah, oh, and I don't know who I'd do as a second one. I guess like I I would love they could do Tales of the Jedi and give us a different time period, and that would be nice. Also, 
But of course, this is the only time period we're really willing to explore, which is another question. I still think Star Wars is way too, um, way too locked into uh, the time as established time periods and has not gone outside of the confines yet. But that's that's a conversation for another day. Um, That's a conversation for another day. Uh, All right. So. I guess that kind of wraps up Tales of the Jedi conversation. And overall, our catch-up episode, because that's what this has been. This has been one giant catch-up. Did I leave anything out? Anything else you'd like to touch on? Uh, no. No. I, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about a lot. We will have a lot to talk about next time as well with Andor's finale, with High Republic, all the High Republic content that's coming out. Um... Yeah, no, I'm just, just, just what a time to be a Star Wars fan, as usual. <laughs> what a time to be a Star Wars fan is right, because we're just getting Star Wars content nonstop. We have, so next month, in beginning of December, we're hoping to, obviously, we'll have the Andor review in a couple weeks. Obviously, it finishes next week, but Thanksgiving break, we'll be back the week after, um, and we will discuss all things Andor in an episode, definitely do a Republic Wave 1, Phase 2 wrap up as well after reading convergence and i catch up on my end here um we have bad batch in a couple months um we also have mandalorian i believe early next year correct am i wrong is that true Uh, i I was why was i hearing like february was i out of my mind am i out of my mind i don't know i haven't heard i'm just i would just be shocked because i haven't heard anything about it at all huh uh, it's scheduled in February. Ah, right. February. Oh, okay. Which wow. is soon also. So we just got a lot of Star Wars on the horizon. We have a lot of Star Wars on the horizon. I believe Andor is also going into next week is starting production on season production. two. Yep. So yep. that's exciting. Hopefully we're not going to wait three years for that. Hopefully that is next year. Um, also, one thing we didn't touch on, the use of real locations. We'll do this at the end. We'll do this for Andor. I'm getting ahead of myself, Zachary. Relax. Rein it in. Calm the brain. All right. That has been our show. Uh, obviously, I'm so excited to be talking Star Wars again in months. Um, before I sign us off completely, Shamari, where can people find you, my dude? Uh, you can find me on um, my other podcast, uh, The Imperial Broadcast, which is a part of the New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, that is my Star Wars podcast. We also have a superhero podcast called New Generation Hero Talk on that same podcast network where you can where we talk about superhero stuff. Uh, if you're into if you're into that at all, so uh, by all means, please check me out. Uh, this has been geeking out over Star Wars. Uh, we thank you for listening. We will see you next time, and may the force be with you. <laughs>